0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to Saints Radio. Some of you thought maybe that we were taking a siesta here just a couple minutes late, but we, weren't, we were not. We were talking things of the spirit, of the spirit. <laughs> and um, happy today to welcome transcontinental traveler Monica Terrell back to the radio booth arriving late last night on a flight from LAX
1: that in itself is an experience honestly (laughs) I mean that in itself is an experience for sure just actually driving to the airport to LAX is an experience but nonetheless it's good it's good to be here it's good to be home it's always wonderful to go. It's always so good to be home. I was I was in prayer before the radio pro, uh, program, and I was laying in Peace Chapel, and I was just feeling or sensing my spirit. You never disconnect from here because this is our histeme. This is our our ter- this is our place where we stand and where where it, uh, he establishes. Are, are calling out. And and but I, I felt such a strong, um, I, and I don't even know how to say it. Um, pu- not a pull, but a, a just a almost like if there was a hook that hooked me back in, um, to tether me back in. I just I felt that so strongly. Almost like, if I'm a pillar in this place, it's like I was I was reset and that's that's kind of a clumsy way to describe it but I just you know you just realize that as as we commit ourselves to stand where God has called us to stand yes he sends us forth and we're establishing tabernacles throughout the world but in this place where I'm called to stand um, it truly is like a, a connect point from heaven to earth and that I walked in and I didn't even make it into the sanctuary I got about to the to the sanctuary doors, and I I, I, I didn't fall down, <laughs> but I, I laid down right there and just felt like the Lord just um, oh, I, I, I I'm I'm, not, I'm having trouble finding words, just re um, connected me, and there was just like this instant flow, but it was vertical, you know, from heaven to earth, and so I'm very thankful for that. There's there's such a beautiful power in just committing yourself to stand in the place where God's called you. And sometimes the you know the grass seems greener on the other side, but I'm here to tell you, there is no greener grass than in your histeme, where He's called you.
0: You could write a country music song with <laughs> <of> that title.
1: <laughs> that is the greenest grass you'll ever find, and it is the it's the pasture you need to be in.
0: <laughs> oh, give me some grass. <laughs>
1: But yeah, you know what it's STEMI like.
0: Pass.
1: It's like you step out, and 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 you know he establishes you wherever he sends you. Yeah. And and his supply is there, and you learn to draw. Um, I guess I'm just ever since there's just been such a strong, I think, connection over the these last number of weeks. Um, particularly since our 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 virtual gathering if my people where I just I feel like I'm so connected with that passage that talks about um, the earth groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God and I feel like I'm walking that I feel like I'm living that and I'm I'm connected with that and in just really a a deeper more intense way Mm. and so
0: well see that that that's something that I don't. We can take the rudimentary measures of discussion and talk about it from the scripture. The application of it is is going to be in harmony with the scripture. But when you talk about it or teach about it, people think you're
1: I think I way, am, out I, I way out there. I think I kind of am there. I am kind of way out there.
0: Because <laughs> I'm okay with that. You know, God establishes you in a place. You know, and all my life growing up as a Christian, I was taught that because you're born again, that you're just kind of like a free-roaming free, free roaming agent, and you just have authority and power everywhere, which to a large degree you do. But when we've studied about the plethora of scriptures that talk about God establishing you in your place, and you planting the cross there, and you becoming a stelos, and you welcoming the, the ladder of of Elohim from heaven to earth to embrace the Yahweh thing. There's God's serious about that, and so when you establish that at the behest and the directive of God based upon the Scripture, that's your identity, and you 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 don't leave that identity. We've seen in the early years during times in intercession where the enemy would come and you know God would have us in a place where we were praying the enemy didn't want us there. And before anybody that's tuning in who's on the general church side, you think that's weird. Well just look at the Garden of Gethsemane. Read about that. Don't just read the commentary in the sides of your your newest Bible. Read the words. The enemy does not want you to take a stand. And so you forge your identity through obedience to God and service to him. So when, when, when we would pray and the enemy would attack, they would, they would look to see who you were and whether you, they could tell by the breastplate in many cases, whether you had a divine right to be there. Now, if, even if you did, they didn't, weren't really happy about it. But that limited them. So I'm going somewhere with this. So when you go out with that mentality, being faithful in the place where God has called you, especially if you're aligned, like with us, with the Saints Network, where we have a number of outposts who have embraced a similar calling from God for where they are, and we connect at the throne of grace, there's two put 10,000 to flight, you know, and you, you extrapolate from there. But I find that when I go places, if God is wanting to do something, and there are a lot of times where you're you're moving through a place, you're just obedient. And, you know, God's not wanting to set up a tent revival there, you know. You're just obedient. You're not supposed to be casting out and tearing down. You're just obedient to be there. You are, you are walking by faith through. And... Um, But what you are in God and how you commune with him, that identity will function. It's kind of like plugging in your phone charger into an outlet, no matter where you go. And you can plug into the outlets of the spirit realm and function on behalf of your divine identity now it doesn't mean that you have rule and reign there, but you can access the STEMI points. You can access uh, ports of of the of the of the glory, and it's it's knowing how to do that without superseding your bounds or going beyond what God wants of you. Uh, that is a key thing to moving in the spirit realm. Um, you know, I've been reading. I don't know why. And I will say this, and then I'll toss it back over there. I've been reading a lot of books on the, the establishment of the West. I've, I've written, I wrote a book, la- read a read a book last week. I'm finishing a book that I started Sunday night late about Wyoming and the different battles that happened uh, between the Native Americans and the the pioneers that were going forth and the point the point that i'm saying is that that there were a lot of shamans and medicine people and whatever they the individual tribes called them that would go into the spirit realm and get tactics from their advisors in the spirit realm for how to battle and it's amazing whether it was wyoming or montana or Apache Pass in the southwest or whether it was in Colorado or whether it was wherever it was whatever tribes there were whether it was Apache or Lakota or Sioux or or Cheyenne or whatever they were the strategies coming from those medicine men in the spirit realm were the same it was just exactly the same and what they would do is they would establish a presence, they would observe, they would try to bait the inhabitants of a fort or a wagon train or whatever they were into a trap. They would entice them to come chasing and to do something, and then they'd swarm down upon them. This is the same thing happened in the Fetterman Massacre, which involved Crazy Horse and Red Cloud. Same thing happened to the Little Bighorn with Custer same thing. You entice people who filled with bravado, we can do anything, we've got all this weaponry, and you know, but but that was the strategy. Kochi, same way in the southwest. Geronimo, same way in the southwest. So what I'm saying is that those people in the West who were tapping into histemes there and tapping into the advice of basically demons now i'm not saying indians were demon-possessed that's not what i'm saying but there, and there were many who believed in one god and really even though they didn't know jesus i'm not trying to go mormon on you where jesus came and preached to the indians um but there were many who who really didn't do demonic things they were just wholesome people who needed to know the truth Sadly, a lot of them were wiped out because of their placid nature, but it's the same pattern for the enemy. He's watching. He thinks he has a hold. He observes. He lets you come in. Then he observes to try to find a way that he can entice you out to then overwhelm an attack, eliminate you, take your horses, take your guns, take your ammo, take everything. That is a demonic strategy that was very evident through the whole western part of the United States, going all the way to California. And those demons that advise those people are ones that we're dealing with now in spiritual warfare. And so I think think we look at the timeless nature of, well, it's not timeless, the enduring nature of the spirit realm and the war that actually was happened that happened between the enemy and our God and God is causing the suns to rise to go and take a light into the darkness in ways that it's never been. And it's just very interesting when I read these things and I hear the details of what these medicine people with their huts that they went into to gain spiritual revelation and they would have visions and spirit beings would come and counsel them and talk to them. It's just amazing that from the far north up into Canada all the way down into Mexico, these demons were saying the exact same thing. The exact same thing. They didn't, the Indians didn't have internet. They didn't have uh, a, a telegraph wire set up, you know, so, we just need to be wise and do what God says and establish the terrain and not get um, full of ourselves. But it goes back to what you were saying about coming and connect back into the, the stilos, the pillar. Um, that's God. That's our home base. That's God's home base. And I know that wherever we go, God allows us, at his behest, at his direction, not just carte blanche, to plug in to places of his choosing and to sow into that place the functionality that God has ordained and that God has trained us and privileged us to walk in. And that does something in the spirit realm, but it also should do something to those that God is wanting to establish as in, as indigenous peoples in that place. Oh,
1: I could go into intercession right now. I'm not kidding. I mean, the things that you're saying, you know, I can clumsily fumble through trying to describe just what my spirit senses. And you just so beautifully and so powerfully just nailed it. Because and we were talking about this pre-broadcast. Um, this happens, you know, when you when you begin to go. When God calls you into a certain place, He connects you with, with with His people, and and so those kids in California. It's real easy to think that you're going solely to fellowship, and to sow into them, and that is such a huge part of the burden but what I realize is that as many times as I have been whether it's been just to go visit my son or it's it's never separated from his purpose of why he's there and why God is sending us there and I realize that I don't until the last couple of days I don't think that I established the cross. (laughs) I mean, yeah, we go and we go in the revelation and and we intercede and we do all those things. And we've prayed from here and you, you know, we do all the things that God calls us to do. But this particular assignment was for that very thing and it didn't look like any other time i'd been there i i mean the lord basically called me apart to stand and you know when 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 you get into the the habit of things looking like they normally do and gleaning the fulfillment of his mission through the fellowship and through that koinonia where the spirit comes and and moves when that doesn't happen <laughs> it, it the enemy can really use that to throw you like why are you here there's just there i mean I, I i probably just need to sit down and just write out all of the different things that i i was sensing and that i know that the lord was establishing apart from from what looks like the normal way does that make sense mm-hmm because from the, from before I, 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 I walked out of my house to head to the airport, I felt opposition. And I knew that it was because God wanted to do something very strategic. But in my own perspective, I'm thinking things are gonna be like they normally are. You know, you're gonna do this, you're gonna see this person, you're gonna be with this group of kids, you're gonna pray with them, you're gonna go and worship, you're gonna go down there and worship, you're gonna have your church services, you know, all those things and it didn't look like that at all but but god led me through it all and i knew that i knew that i knew that regardless of how things appeared and wherever i found myself i was to stand and to contend for what god was doing and and sometimes it's really easy to like i said to associate the fellowship this has happened in france where we have you know we have our beloved saints there that we go and connect with them and and it can easily become become all about them. But what we have to remember, the core of what we're go- why God is sending us there is to establish that cross and then empower them to function in it. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like it was a little bit reversed where he sent me in to 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 minister. To these young people, but this time, I mean, it was all-out warfare from the get-go until I mean, and I still feel it. I still feel the the ripples and the, the 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 opposition, but I feel such a strong triumph and victory just through standing. And you know, it's just it's just crazy. It really is. Now, it was wonderful, and I had wonderful fellowship, but that wasn't where. that wasn't the primary fruit of the mission. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Am I at all making sense? Um, and then, and then, uh, I, you know, when we were talking to those ladies, we had a group of intercessors that, that are, at, are West Virginia and Ohio and in that pocket Um, in that tri-state area and a couple of weeks ago they they God gave them a mission to go and to pray in Ohio and and to do many of the things that we've been speaking and prophesying over the last what eight or nine months and we stood with them and and we um, partnered with them and what God had called them in that land And, and I remember when we were meeting with them and praying over them and speaking into that assignment feeling such that strong measure of you are going to establish the cross you are going to be that 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 touch point from heaven to earth to call forth for the manifestations of the sons of god to rise up and to function in that histeme and what god has called for that to happen and i just sent such a such a strong revelation of that um in, in in every touch point throughout the world where God is establishing his people and maybe that is you know so many of the things that we talked about just from the seminar about you know the the establishment of the tabernacles and 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 I don't know there's God's just doing a lot of things but back to California establishing the cross and and really standing in the midst of um, just the the pressure and the affliction and the contention and 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 knowing that that's not that that's not the fun part <laughs> it, it's not that it's it's very uncomfortable and it doesn't feel good and I have not felt comfortable I've been uncomfortable for about seven days now but then the Lord was gracious enough to give me a revelation about just the church there and what God is establishing through the church and and they they have asked for shepherding They need shepherding They need, and they, they're asking for that They're out of humility and out of just their young hearts, you know We need that And so, um you know what that looks like or what you would think that looks like is you go in and you you be with them you you show them the way you preach to them you know
0: ah! sorry, well, I, guys. I think it goes I'll give you a moment to compose
1: <laughs> I <laughs> do have a point here
0: <laughs> oh well then I didn't want to interrupt you I was just giving you a breather
1: no it's it's I'm sorry I mean I'm just like uh, on overload here but our perspective of that is is what we know in, in the pastoral office and what we what we witness in our in in the shepherding that, that that you bring to us, the way that you guide us and and the other pastors in this network. And so for me it's like I I I, I feel that calling and I'm committed to that. I mean, I got committed to the Lord to, to do that and and so he calls me to go and i go and it doesn't look anything like that from the natural perspective and i'm scratching my head thinking lord what are you doing you know what what are you doing and and on sunday i was sitting before the lord and the lord led me to john chapter 10 about the sheepfold and about the shepherd and the sheepfold, And the thing that really, that he really, really illuminated in my spirit for this moment or for that moment was when it says that the, sh- the shepherd goes before them. And you realize that the shepherd goes before the sheep to protect them from, from the wolves, from the enemy, from those what does it say? The thieves, I can't, the thieves and the robbers. I can't remember what the scripture says, but those that would come to steal and destroy, to kill, to steal and destroy. And, and I realized that that was my assignment for that moment was to, to be their shepherd, to go before them, because there's things, things coming against them, trying to be that influence that you described in the beginning to, to distract them, to entice them to, I, I, I know that how can that not be in that, in that state, you know, where there's so many voices and there's so much corruption and not that I saw that manifest in any of them, but I know that is going to be the strategy of the enemy through false teaching, false prophets, through anything that's going to try to draw them away from the purity of their calling and their purpose. And so that part of shepherding is not fun. And, and I want to thank you for shepherding us and going before us and protecting us from that because, I, I mean, I literally had to lay my life on the line. And, and i i i felt that devotion and that commitment to them and that i mean that can only come by the lord and so um very very strategic very very purposeful journey of which i'm very thankful for but um god is doing some amazing things and it is calling it is requiring of us everything. I mean, our whole being, I mean, I felt like my whole being was being invested in, and just in the whole dynamic of what God is doing. And so, I'm thankful. (laughs) um, But I'm exhausted. Mm. And so, I just want to give God glory. And say i'm sorry for the this is all in the processing state stage because this is new for me and so many i mean i think that we've done this i've done this just alongside you but um just being sent forth and and feeling like um, just that 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 weightiness um, for god's people for his children for his sons and his daughters and for the land it's just it's just a, a really weighty burden so i'm gonna
0: well you know it, it is and and that that feeling of responsibility from the lord is is a weighty thing
1: you know and pastor i remember when you when you first got ill what six weeks ago i mean that first sunday morning when i knew you weren't coming I didn't. I hadn't been told, but I, I knew in my spirit you weren't coming. Something was wrong, and I was. Well, I, I got up on the platform because I was going to pray, even though I didn't know it was happening. The Lord let me just taste or or just feel. Just I'm sure it was just a very small percentage of the weight, the weightiness that you carry. And I don't know what percentage it was. I just know that I remember. I, I'll never forget that. I'll never ever take that for granted I will never ever um,
0: I, I know that what I appreciate your, your kindness in expressing this but I know that God is extending that kind of assignment now because of the, because of the magnitude of the theater of operation we're called to minister in, and that then opens up a whole new challenge, because, you know, in in history you hear the you hear the study about absolute power corrupts absolutely, and can people accept authority without it corrupting them
1: it's so humbling
0: yeah and we've we've even seen over the years people get a dab of authority and sometimes people are really faithful in it and they stay in the command chain and other times people just go haywire it it becomes something that inflames their iniquities and they get bad counsel from people and then they go wheels off and and pretty soon if they're not an enemy they are certainly not doing the kingdom of God any favors while they say they are and um, you know this past Sunday I, I was mentioning how that all through the day on Saturday God kept talking to me about the chastisement of his peace and that In that Isaiah 53 passage is the part, the fourfold panorama is where the lightning is, where the the configuring of sons and the sending them forth is. And that really means the training and the preparing for rulership, the chastisement. That's what that means. And and we, we focused on a discipline and getting weapons and stuff like that but the es- the essence is to be trained for rulership to go forth and accomplish his task his peace and and i think that's that's very interesting that you're saying you felt that heavy burden out there on this particular trip and i know that it's something that god is wanting us to establish you know, maybe we've been doing it to a certain degree with Brazil, but where we're needing to establish pods of understanding, where we group together various dimensions of meat that God has given us from His Word, and we we go from pod to pod, not just piecemeal, but maybe you start off as your relationship with God and as, as an intercessor, and then you. You establish the rule that God gives and where he places you, which is the next thing we're going to be doing in Brazil in teaching. Um, But probably, I was just scatter shooting it, there's probably 20 of those pods right now. And it doesn't cover everything that we are, but to me, as saints, but it does bring people into kind of a, a more easy digesting of what it means to walk as sons. And for and you know me, putting together something like that is not what I like to do. I like to get the pick and the shovel and dig for new treasure. And so I've been praying about that too, but I do know that to equip the lightning and to equip the suns, we've got to we've got to get this ready. Whether it's in California or Switzerland or Brazil or wherever, um, we try. We've done this to a certain degree years ago with the Saint School, and we did it in a different way because you know we didn't we did what we were supposed to do. We didn't have all the stuff we have now. I'm thankful. It'd be an awful thing if 15 years ago we were still saying we have the same stuff as we did 15 years ago. God just keeps adding things. And it doesn't contradict what what he's given. But this is a different strategy and we have to do it. And then the weird thing is that I was talking to Luke and Sylvia about this yesterday and I didn't realize this, but, you know, the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes. And I said on Sunday that that's a double issuance of the, the you becoming what God wants you to be and you taking the Hebron point and turning the twisted place of witchcraft into a place of kingship. And Yes, there are stripes that come, but that's part of the bigger, it's not the stripes. The stripes mean nothing, really. The stripes mean nothing if you don't have what those stripes indicate in you. That's the essence. It's kind of like looking at a piece of fruit on a tree and thinking that's all there is. It's the roots of that thing. It's the roots of that tree that makes that tree what it is and the DNA, of course, of it. But Luke was saying how that in in their lexicons, there isn't a double issuance. And I found that some places you look at, it's very clear, it's back-to-back. The the chastisement of peace um, upon him with his stripes, there it is, bang, bang. And I suspect that some of the lithograph people, the people that copy... Just said, why are these two words here? It must have been a mistake from the last time. We'll just say it once, but that doesn't make sense because what you have then is a, the chastisement of our peace. It doesn't say what he did with it. Mm-hmm. Every other one of those four sections, every the other three sections, it says something, and then with his stripes picks up again. But even if it, even if you don't think it's a double issuance, it is a single issuance. And the issue is that if you're going to bring healing, ropa, if you're going to bring that to a city, to a region, to a people group, to a deposit of the glory of God, if you're going to bring restoration there, you've got to be trained as the lightning and you've got to embrace that. And it's got to become you. Because double issuance or not, in fact, even if it's not a double issuance, which is intimacy, intimacy. If you only had it once, that galvanizes the point even more. Because then it says, you're being trained as a prince to rule as a king. You are being trained in the ways of peace. And through embracing that wholly, you become an agent of healing and restoration." that's amazing mm. so this is what you're talking about it's interesting that that was something that God just over and over and over again and still these past couple days I'm thinking about it and I was telling you I got a, a, a uh, an email from a pastor a young pastor in Switzerland it's a very dear young man we love him and his his wife and we're sending books He's asking for for more books and he's wanting to have teaching on taking the high places and the mountains. If there's a place in the world that you want to have mountain training, it's there. So I think God is really, whether it's Brazil or there or the young people in Switzerland in in conjunction with the young people in California and other places, God's saying there is a mighty emphasis as we enter into this year of the prophet on training the lightning, the arrows from God's quiver, the sun's mm. training them so that they can be agents of the peace mission that then brings restoration. And that's the pattern our Lord did. You know, we, we take that scripture and we've rightfully so in our, in our elemental understanding. And we've said, yes. Jesus was pierced, yes, Jesus was beaten, yes, Jesus was ridiculed, yes, Jesus had stripes. And we we take that and we just look at it as beautiful as it is and essential as it is as a physical act that Jesus did, and that's it. But Jesus didn't come just to die on the cross. He came to redeem us to the Father and to pattern what we should be as sons and to empower us to represent the Father on earth. And those four things were that voice, thunders, lightnings, earthquakes principle, and it spilled out very clearly. He was functioning in the principle, and if we really want to move in that power, we too have to embrace that principle, and we have to to be it, and we have to be conveyors of it. So we as a communication center with our other brothers and sisters who also serve in that regard, Guess what? We're coming out of wisdom, going into prophecy. That is a mainstay of our mission. Amen.
1: Amen. It's interesting because my last trip to Santa Barbara, to California, um, my word to Olive House, to the church there, I mean, of all the things God could have, I was even like going, Lord, are you sure? But the word that he gave me for them was the word where Jesus was teaching his disciples and telling them, and he was ministering this through me. But when you go to a place, when you go into a town, when you go into a city, you go into the house and you minister peace. And if they receive it, then you stay and if they don't you walk away and you shake the dust off your feet that was the word i left for them and (laughs) it's it's just it's interesting i mean because that was six weeks ago and I, i i just i i know the lord is is moving through throughout the world and it's 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 a prophetic thread i mean he's He's raising up sons all over the world, and we don't even know the extent of it yet. Can you strong. smell that?
0: I smell flowers. <laughs> it's so strong over here. I smell it too. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> He's the rose of Sharon, the lily of the valley. That, and I pray that that's that's a good word because that's that's been a hard word for us
1: it has been
0: but because you know you don't want to unduly separate but our mission is not to make friends and influence people our mission is
1: it's really interesting it's so interesting just to to walk in the love of God and the love of the Lord and And to love people and to know, you know, those that he calls along, that he's calling alongside. Because that, that love, that agape, that one, being one in the Father with those that he's called to walk alongside us is, I mean, it is, it, it, it's the love that says, um, that you laid on your life for your brother. But first of all, you can't fabricate it. And, and second of all, I just realized that it, it is so easy to, um, to let familiar love, or just a fam- familiarity, um, even in the purest way, um the enemy even wants to use that to try to hinder just the 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 foundation of what he's called us to establish and goodness i mean that's been a lesson that we have learned over and over and over again just in our own house you invest and you invest and and and, and then there's forsaking and there's walking away and there's things like that we cannot I don't know. I don't even need to go down this trail because, I mean, it's like when you love, you love to the death. I mean, I I can't explain the love that I feel for those kids because it's the Lord. But I also recognize that, and this is something that I mean, it's like the more authority, or when you you talked about authority, the more authority I feel like I step into, the lesser the less I know. And the, the weaker I feel in the natural and and the more desperate and poor in spirit that I am and and I was laying in Peace Chapel before the radio broadcast and I was just giving I was just committing everything back to the Lord and just just laying it back at his feet and and I realized that it's real easy to for him to to create um to create possibilities for us and to to really prepare our way. And in the midst of the preparation of our way, when we commit ourselves to it, it's real easy to to want to strive to make to make things happen the way that you want them to happen or a way that you expect them to happen. And we've lived this over and over again over the course of the last twenty two years, just in the apostolic mission. But he was just reminding me that I cannot, I cannot approach any kind of ministry like that in striving that it's going to look one way or another. It is not by might. It is not by power, but it is by his spirit. And I have to fully trust that he sets the appointments, that he ordains our steps, and that he, by his spirit, if we will just follow his spirit he will he will make the way and he will bring fulfillment to whatever he calls us to put our hand to yeah. but it's so easy to strive and to think well if it doesn't look like this the way it looked last time i'm going to try to make something happen that is not the way it works in the kingdom it and so yeah he wants us to he wants us to approach every assignment out of a place of rest and to minister peace from that place of rest. And that place of rest, we know, is his breath. And it's not in striving, it's not in trying to make things happen. It's not in trying to force something. It's in resting in his presence and allowing him to make the appointments and to empower them. Yeah. These are all lessons that I know that we all know, but they're just, I've just been taught afresh. <laughs> I must've needed it.
0: Well, I'm, I'm very grateful for that. I really, really am, because I do believe it's a word that God is wanting us to hear. I was, I was, uh, and we talked about the smell of, of flowers. And so I looked up this passage in Isaiah uh, 35, Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, two times the rose is mentioned. One is Isaiah 35, and that one says, "...the wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice." So it's talking about the wilderness and the desert place. But the other one is uh, Song of Solomon 2, 1. I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As the lily among thorns, so is my love among the daughters. And to me, like I looked up Sharon. I always wondered about that.
1: Who is Sharon?
0: I don't know who she <laughs> is, but she's, she's a rose. <laughs> But Sharon is an area that was basically used for migrants and herdsmen. It wasn't developed at all. It came down out of the mountains east of the Jordan and went toward the Med. And um, so it was an undeveloped place. So be called the Rose of Sharon means that God is going to domesticate that area because you plant roses where you domesticate but the lily of the valley is is the lily is kind of like the fleur de lis and it's um, it's it it really does represent through the history of western civilization rulership and it represents the fountain to tap into what's below and to and to by its shape and by its designation so the Lord is the, the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. He's giving us that privilege of establishing the dwelling place there with Him, and to tap into the deep roots of what He is, that what He has wanted in the measure of authority. And Isaiah 35, the desert in the wilderness place, also becoming fruitful and uh, a place where roses are. So, I don't think that there's a more desolate place, spiritually, in our nation, in California. Not all of California, but certain pockets. And for God to establish a dwelling, dwelling place is there, as a table in the presence of the enemy is such a glorious thing. Mm. So I'm only going off on that. I don't smell it anymore. But it just wafted in here. There's nobody here but us and the angels. Oh, the Lord's here. But I I feel like that was kind of a sign Mm. Mm because we couldn't have created that. Even you smelled it. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't me just having some weird manifestation over here. So... Um, We continue to pray. We continue to prepare. This is a time where we're busy in the work of the Lord. It's kind of like a combination of uh, the Sabbath day, the the day of the sons, and waiting to break forth into the new. But we're busy in that. We're not lulled into a false sense of just kicking back and doing nothing. Um, I want to thank you all for praying this past weekend and for submitting um, many of you words from First Saturday. If you've not yet done that, submit vous. <laughs> Um. anything else you want to talk about see I haven't flown anywhere since the very first couple of days of December
1: well I, w- I really I want to thank the Lord for his favor I, I do I publicly thank the Lord for his favor because um, every flight I have taken I have been upgraded on just instantly, there's not even been a waiting list. It's like three days before my flight. I, I moved up, front of the plane, small area. Not that you're not exposed, because yesterday, and I don't want to freak you out, Pastor, but both flights I was on were, I don't know how in the world they can say, you cannot have a church service, yet they can pack a plane with 250 people, a plane, mm-hmm. this small space, and it'd be okay. So... Um, like the first flight, I kept getting notices saying our flight is overbooked. If you're willing to take a different flight, we'll pay you 50 bucks or whatever. Uh, <laughs> so I don't, I, I don't know how that logic, what they, where that logic comes from. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, the Lord really protects and preserves. Now, um, I, I, I didn't feel in any way. Um, I felt a lot of enemy opposition from feeling like I was, had an axe in my back three days before I left that I carried with me to all kinds, which makes perfect sense now, to um, just standing in the midst of opposition, but recognizing that you're at the table in the presence of the enemies. Um, so flying, I mean, it didn't look a whole lot different than it did before COVID, except everybody has to wear a mask. And hotels are different they don't clean your room Hmm. unless you specifically request it nobody comes into your room they have no food service or um, you have to go they they do have coffee but you have to go down they get it from behind the in the office I mean it's it's really different you don't really take Ubers so I don't know how it would work in Brazil Wow. Um,
0: I'm sure they're still doing whatever they want to do down there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm thankful that our president has now gone home. Yes. From the wonderful hospital that he was in. Where is that hospital?
0: Walter Reed. I think it's in Maryland. I
1: thought it was probably in Maryland. Yeah. So um, that's that's a praise report.
0: It is a miracle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was mentioning on Sunday how we needed to believe God as Christians for a visitation upon the leader of our country as opposed to those who are far to one side of the political spectrum who were just cursing and ridiculing and saying all kinds of evil things. I mean, how can people not see that and think, you know there might be something really wrong at the core of this political viewpoint but the point is um, we're very grateful that he's he's back
1: I my my nephew who's very political sent me this I will have to send it to you this meme And this is not to make fun of this is just this is just the reality that we live in but it was it was a picture of him coming out he had his mask on and he looked pale and it said that Donald Trump Donald the orange is coming out as Donald the white (laughs) (laughs)
0: Lord of the Rings
1: yeah 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 and and I thought that was pretty funny because he's very pale and um, but he's I'm sure he's still probably experiencing um, some struggles with that virus but overall I mean he even publicly testified that this is a miracle from God that that so quickly he's bounced back and we don't know the intensity of how severe it touched him but um, I'm very thankful for that because this is a critical time and, of course, the enemy would hit with, with that at this critical time, but he's not going to win.
0: Well, see, again, it's, it's about the people of God doing what God says to do. And it's, it's, it this, in this instance, it's not really a political persuasion. It's we're commanded to pray for those that are in authority over us and we're commanded to ask God to bless them that we might live a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and we don't want to engage in cursing we don't want to engage in strife-filled words and so for the Christians to rise up and pray and to ask God to bring a deliverance point is something we should be doing and it really is a miracle Um, I'm grateful for that and I pray that God truly does receive the praise for it and you can see how in the book of Revelation when the witnesses of God are doing things for God and God is moving and the people of the world are cursing them and hating them and detesting them and you often wonder how in the world could the glory of God be being manifested and it elicit ridicule but the same thing happened with Jesus when he would be in ministry you know he'd heal a woman who was all bent over and people would say what's wrong with you you healed her on the Sabbath or the man with the withered hand and people on the other side of the room wanting to kill him, kill Jesus and the man with the withered hand. Um, We might as well just get ready for that because it's in the word and we see it in, in small part here. You know, God miraculously preserves the president and gets him just in a matter of days back into healthy function. We pray that there won't be a backlash and that the enemy will not be able to come and steal this steal this victory. You know, we pray for Melania Trump and for all the other people. You know, Chris Christie, who has asthma, he got whacked with this. And Kellyanne Conway and a number of others. And, and you know, we go back again to the miracle of Roe Wade. And we didn't even talk about what uh, you brought to my attention, that there was a, a great praise and worship time down there in our city just this past weekend at the very place where the genesis of this case happened, where we went and prayed and our Saints Network prayed. And now there's a deliberation on this, seemingly a godly woman
1: mm-hmm.
0: who is going to be on the court and we need to be praying for her and for her family because yeah. the they, these folks are ruthless I mean, you study about supreme court nominations and you know even in our language to get Borked means to really be slammed you know Robert Bork who was nominated a conservative and the left just went after him, and he never made it to the court. Clarence th- Clarence Thomas, the, th- what he called was a, a a technical lynching. I think it was that was the word. It was lynching, but it was. Um, he he said what they tried to do to me was this, and then what happened with Kavanaugh? What what happened with? There was another one too. Can't remember. But anyway. And, 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 you know, the, the conservatives, apart from Merritt Garland, who Obama appointed and then McConnell never voted on it, there's no record of, the, of conservatives ever going in such ruthless fashion against a, a more left-leaning candidate. So we really need to pray for this woman and for that whole course of things um, the, these next couple of weeks are important. the The vice presidential debate tomorrow. You've got you've got a, a a godly man who loves the Lord, who's been accused of being insane because he prays and the Lord talks to him. Um, speaking uh, in, in in a debate with the most liberal voted to be the most liberal person in the Senate. And has nothing to do with race. It has nothing to do with gender. It has nothing to do with political ideology uh, in, in some ways. But we need to really pray. This wi- I'm serious. This window God has given us, the enemy's trying to change the time, because this is going to close at some point, you know? And it's not yet time. So we've got to stand in the gap and say, no. You're not going to take away from the light. We've got to work, for the night is coming. But we've got to work. This light's got to keep going. Anyway, I'm just rambling here. We're way past time. Well, not way past, a minute and a half past. Over time. So, anything else?
1: No, just I'm thankful.
0: Okay, well, let's continue to be in prayer. Thank God he brought you back safely and in health, and we bless what you establish there and the work of the kingdom will continue to grow and develop as God directs um we'll look forward to continuing to hear from you about uh your first saturday words tomorrow, wednesday night live and um let's just keep moving forward saints so till next time which for me will be tomorrow Up here at this same microphone. Uh, Until Saints Radio next week or this coming Sunday. God bless you all. Thanks for tuning in and goodbye.
1: goodbye.